The Rogue Ghost, Episode 9 Dodging the Cerberus Syndicate was turning into a game of magical hide-and-seek, where getting spotted meant game over. Every shadow seemed to whisper danger, and every footstep echoed like a ticking time bomb. The vibe? It was utterly electric. But here's the kicker, that liver shadow gate, or magical escape hatch, was swarming with syndicate goons as if they'd pitched tents and were roasting marshmallows over an invisible campfire, just waiting for a glimpse of us. We were trapped, smack dab in the heart of Paris, caught in a syndicate squeeze with no way out. Our journey guided us to the storied Pont Nazar Bridge, a site once festooned with padlocks, each a testament to love's promise, left by couples from across the globe. Cloaked in the guise of elderly tourists, courtesy of our hacked shimmer rings, we navigated this historic locale with a mission to unearth the lore behind these tokens of affection. Yet, our intrigue was swiftly shadowed by a disheartening realization, the Cerberus Syndicate had already marked this romantic landmark with their ominous watch. Their surveillance cast a dark veil over the bridge, a stark reminder that peril shadowed our every step, even amidst the city's most captivating scenes. Okay folks, dive in with me here, because this part of our saga? It's got more twists than a pretzel factory. So, there we were in the Galerie de Reva, and I'm telling you, the place was dripping with so much art, it felt like we'd stepped into a painting. But we weren't there to play tourists, oh no, we were on a mission. And jackpot. We found this padlock. Not just any old hunk of metal, but the lock, the one with those swoon-worthy turtle doves that could make even the coldest heart go all mushy. Flipping that lock over, we find forged tortue etched on the back, classy-like. Plus, a date that's practically ancient history, 1950. Now, in my book, that's not just a detail, that's a blazing neon sign screaming, investigate me. So, what's a girl to do? I hit the web, fingers flying over the keyboard, diving deep into the digital depths to see what secrets Forge Torchew might spill. Wouldn't you know it, Forge Torchew wasn't just some relic from the past. This place was still kicking, still forging metal like they've got some kind of eternal flame burning. And there, nestled in the tangle of web pages, I strike gold, a current address. I mean, come on, how often does this happen? It's like finding a needle in a haystack, if the haystack was the size of, well, Paris. As the curtain of dusk descended, painting the horizon with shades of twilight, Runeweaver and I left behind the safety of our watermill sanctuary. With the day's light fading into the embrace of the evening, we prepared to traverse the invisible threads that bind the world of darkness to our own. The shadow gate pathway, our arcane bridge across the boundaries of space, beckon us once more to the heart of Paris.
The Shimmer Rings, our faithful companions in disguise, cloaked our appearance, blending us seamlessly into the tapestry of the city's late afternoon life. Rune Weaver, with the enchanted spectacles perched upon her nose, became the sentinel of our expedition, her vision piercing through the veils of magic and mundanity to safeguard our path. Guided by an unyielding pursuit of the truth, we found ourselves at the threshold of Forge Tort Chu. This sanctuary of metal and flame, where the air was thick with the scent of molten creativity, held the secrets of a padlock that had ensnared our curiosity, a padlock brought to life by the skilled hands of Shan Tort Chu, a renowned forge master. Rumors whispered among the artisans, hinted at the padlock's origin, it was heralded as the inaugural masterpiece of his forge, a creation unparalleled in its craftsmanship and singular in its existence. Our initial foray into the heart of the forge was met with a blend of hospitality and reticence. The receptionist, while open to our inquiries about the storied padlock, held back the threads of information we most desired. It became apparent that our search to uncover the identity behind the commission of such a remarkable piece would not be satisfied through conversation alone. The secrets entwined with the padlock were shrouded in layers that required a more covert approach to unravel. Beneath the protective veil of the knight's embrace, complemented by the illusion woven by our shimmer rings, Runeweaver and I ventured back to forge Tort Chu. With Runeweaver's prowess in digital manipulation deftly neutralizing the initial security measures, we were further serenaded through the shadows by the ethereal strains of melody that danced from my angel's enchanted music box. Our search through the forge archives was a journey through time, each document a step closer to unraveling the mysteries that bound us. The lantern on Santa's Christmas card, ever our silent consort, shimmered with a spectral light, its glow a beacon amidst the darkness, affirming our path with each flickering pulse. It seemed, in those moments, as though the very essence of our mission was intertwined with the magic of the card, guiding us through the labyrinth of history with an unseen hand. A collection of pre-millennial paper files, steeped in the essence of times gone by, unfolded as a journey into the past. Each document, each ledger we turned, served as a portal, offering glimpses into the very spirit of the forge. It was as if we could feel the presence of the artisans themselves, their hands once animated in the meticulous art of metalwork, now silent yet echoing through the ages. This place, a crucible of human creativity and skill, stood as a monument to the legacy of those who had poured their souls into their craft. Within the dusty confines of these filing cabinets, among the whispers of history, lay the secrets we sought. Forge Tort Chu, through its enduring dedication to excellence, cradled the revelations we needed, shrouded in the annals of time yet waiting to be discovered. As the night deepened, our perseverance was rewarded. Within the parchment and ink, we unearthed the coveted order details, a document that bore the name Pierre Columba, a name that was to be our next beacon in the darkness. The order form, with its meticulously penned address, emerged as the linchpin in our investigation, the critical clue that would allow Runeweaver to weave her digital magic and trace the origins of our enigmatic padlock. The lantern on the Christmas card glowed with renewed vigor, its light a testament to the progress we had made. Its soft illumination, a symbol of hope and guidance, assured us that our path was true, that each discovery, each revelation, brought us closer to the truth we sought. Buckle up folks, 
because we're diving headfirst into the digital deep end yet again, this time in search of the elusive Pierre Columba. Picture this, the man's a total enigma, like something straight out of a spy novel, leaving behind nothing but whispers and one heck of a fancy padlock. But as fate would have it, the trail didn't go cold with Pierre's last curtain call. No, we stumbled upon a golden thread, his wife, Marie Columba, still kicking it in the here and now. So, where does this lead take us? Yes, you guessed it, another retirement home is popping up on our radar. Flashback vibes to our enlightening powwow with that retired park ranger in the Big Apple, only this time, we're stepping it up a notch. Maison de Soinetoile was not your garden variety care home, but a snug little haven nestled in the quaint corners of Paris. Imagine Marie, living out her golden years surrounded by the city's timeless beauty, holding on to pieces of a puzzle we're just itching to solve. It's like she's sitting on a treasure trove of secrets, and we're about to come knocking, hoping she'll spill the tea. The anticipation? Oh, it's tangible, like static in the air before a storm. Even our trusty guide, that mystical lantern on Santa's Christmas card, seemed to sense we were onto something big. It sparked back to life, glowing with a zest that could cut through the thickest fog of mystery. And, that card of ours? It's got a knack for pointing us in the right direction. Venturing once more into the heart of Paris, our path illuminated by the arcane light of the Shadow Gate pathway, we found ourselves on a quest not just for secrets, but for the essence of memories long enshrined in the silent corridors of time. With the shimmer rings cloaking our presence, and Runeweaver leading our way with the enchanted spectacles, our journey was shielded from the prying eyes of our adversaries. The threshold of Maison de Swanetoile loomed before us, a sanctuary of silent tales and whispers of lives that had danced with the ages. As we crossed into the embrace of this haven, a deep sense of relief washed over us, for the specter of the Cerberus Syndicate was notably absent. The air within the care home was heavy with the scent of time, each room a chamber of stories waiting to be told. It was here that we met Marie Columba, her years etched like fine lines upon the canvas of her being, each wrinkle a testament to a life richly lived and deeply felt. Our encounter with Marie was a delicate ballet of past and present, her memories ebbing and flowing like the tide, sometimes slipping into the hidden coves of her mind. Yet, our resolve was as steadfast as a beacon, guiding us through the fog of forgotten times, in pursuit of the truths she harbored within her heart. The narrative of the padlock, our silent yet potent key to unraveling the tapestry of our quest, emerged as the cornerstone of our exchange. In an instance that felt suspended in time, a spark of recognition ignited within Marie's gaze casting a glow of reminiscence across her features. She began to unfold a story so heartfelt and profound, it seemed to breathe life into the very air around us. Her words painted a vivid image of love's undying flame, of a bond fortified through the trials and triumphs of a shared journey. The padlock, no longer a mere object but a vessel of profound significance, had been a gift from Pierre, her beloved husband, a tangible emblem of their infinite bond and mutual devotion. Gather around, because I've got a love story for you that feels like it's been lifted straight out of the golden age of romance. Picture this, the year is 1950, Paris is as enchanting as ever, and we have Pierre Columba, a man so smitten, he decides to lock his love for Marie on the very essence of Paris itself, the Pont des Arts. 
With hearts overflowing and eyes sparkling, they clasp this exquisitely crafted padlock to the bridge, a symbol of their undying love, immortalizing their devotion above the whispers of the Seine River below. It wasn't just any moment, it was the kind that love songs and epic poems are made of, a snapshot of pure affection frozen in time. But hold your horses, because Pierre? Oh, he was full of surprises. This man didn't just stop at a padlock, he went all out and made their dream a reality. Imagine a quaint café, so cozy and full of charm, basking in the shadow of the majestic Eiffel Tower. They called it Café Columba, a nod to their surname, and let me tell you, it was their little slice of heaven right there in the heart of Paris. This place wasn't just bricks and mortar, it was alive with their shared dreams, echoing with their laughter, and let's not forget, serving up countless cups of the finest Parisian coffee. As Marie recounts these moments, her eyes light up with the vividness of a life well lived, her memories a rich tapestry of joy and nostalgia. It's clear as day, the love she shared with Pierre wasn't just a fleeting chapter, it was the epic saga of her life, written in the indelible ink of true love. And the tale of Café Columba? It's taken on a life of its own, with her granddaughter, Margot, now steering this cherished family legacy into the future. And there, in the midst of Marie's heartfelt stroll down memory lane, the lantern on our trusty Christmas card gleams with an otherworldly glow, as if echoing the warmth of Marie's memories. It's as though the card, enchanted and mysterious, bridges time, connecting us to the very heartbeats of those cherished moments Marie holds dear. Every word she shares, weaves us deeper into the fabric of our mission, each revelation a clue, guiding us ever closer to the heart of the mystery we seek to unravel. So, there we were, hanging on to every precious word from Marie, the atmosphere heavy with the enchantment of days long past. It dawned on us, as Marie unfolded her and Pierre's love story, that this wasn't merely a nostalgic journey through time. The legacy of Pierre, Marie, and their beloved Café Columba shone like a lighthouse, guiding us through the darkness of our quest. It hit me, these puzzle boxes we're chasing after, they aren't just haphazardly scattered relics. No, they're intricately entwined with the legacies and lives of the families they were entrusted to, woven into the very fabric of their histories. As the final echoes of Marie's heartfelt stories gently faded, a subtle shift occurred, a glimmer of the magic that had momentarily rekindled the flames of memory in her eyes, began to wane, as though the mystical influence of Santa's Christmas card had gently withdrawn its ethereal touch from her consciousness. This transformation served as a profound reminder of the card's enigmatic capabilities, its ability to forge a bridge between the present and the vivid recesses of memory, to awaken the dormant tales nestled in the hearts of those it touched. Our time with Marie, steeped in the warmth of her recollections, had been a revelation, an odyssey through the tapestry of human emotion and connection that had enriched the fabric of our pursuit. The insights garnered from her narrative were akin to finding a compass in an uncharted wilderness, guiding us with newfound clarity through the intricate maze that lay before us. With a sense of reverence and a deep well of appreciation for the story she had entrusted to us, we offered our heartfelt thanks and retraced our steps back to the shadow gate outside the Louvre Pyramid. Unbeknownst to us, the path we were about to tread was shadowed by an unforeseen turn, a revelation that would cast a new light on the complexities of our quest. A bunch of Cerberus Syndicate agents were lurking nearby, as stealthy as shadows and twice as menacing. 
Our chosen entry point through the Shadow Gate Traverse, right across from that stunning glass pyramid of the Livra, wasn't just a scenic stopover, it was smack dab in the middle of Syndicate's by Central. Their eagle-eyed surveillance had our secret doorway under lock and key, turning our sneaky Parisian jaunt into a high-stakes game of cat and mouse. The stakes? Sky high. The challenge? Dodging these relentless pursuers without tipping our hand or, heaven forbid, leading them straight to the treasures we were hunting. It was a twist in our tail that had us treading on thin ice, every move calculated, every step deliberate, as we navigated the treacherous waters of syndicate-infested Paris. Confronted by the Cerberus Syndicate's pervasive surveillance, we arrived at a critical juncture in our pursuit. Despite the effectiveness of our disguised personas as elderly tourists, a guise that had served us well in concealing our true identities, the risk of drawing undue attention was palpably high. Our mere proximity to the Louvre Shadowgate could potentially pique the Syndicate's interest, signaling our intentions and movements. Thus, pressing forward under their watchful gaze was a gamble we were unwilling to take. In light of this, a strategic retreat seemed our best course of action, a decision that led us to the fringes of Paris. Here, amidst the less trodden paths, lay our alternative, a shadow gate that had remained shrouded from the syndicate's vigilant scrutiny. This choice to navigate the outskirts of the city was not born of luck but of a deliberate and cautious expansion of the shadow gate network. Over time, my journeys had allowed me to forge connections with those who tread the hidden corridors of magic, custodians of knowledge who had, in moments of trust, divulged the whereabouts of these covert portals. Their wisdom had underscored the importance of subtlety in our endeavors, emphasizing the value of portals woven into the fabric of the world with finesse, rather than flamboyance. With gratitude for the foresight and wisdom of those who had charted this concealed network, we prepared to embark on our next phase. The transition through the Shadow Gate was swift, a seamless passage that whisked us from the embrace of Paris to the hidden basement of our watermill sanctuary. So, we were back at our trusty watermill hideout, piecing together the breadcrumbs of our grand adventure. And what do you know? The Café Columba emerges as the shining beacon on our mystical map. That little lantern on Santa's Christmas card, our ever-reliable guide, sparked to life with a gleam that practically shouted, Bingo! It was like a warm, glowing seal of approval, lighting the way to our next big clue. Diving into Marie's stories was like unearthing hidden treasure. Her tales of the café, wrapped in layers of love and history, hinted at something way bigger than just a cozy spot for a coffee. With her granddaughter, Margot, now at the helm, Café Columba wasn't just surviving, it was thriving, a living testament to the legacy Marie and Pierre had built. It felt like the universe was winking at us, nudging us toward this little corner of Paris that held the keys to our next discovery. So here we are, standing at the edge of the unknown, our next move plotted with a mix of anticipation and a dash of audacity. The journey's far from over. In fact, the road's twisting into even more intriguing patterns, weaving through the shadows of history and secrets yet untold. Our resolve steelier than ever, because when it comes to unraveling mysteries, there's no turning back.
Until next time, my kindred spirits, keep the flame of belief ever burning.